A battle to the death. Classic albums clashing till there's only one left. A killer contest, but before we get to it, there's rules to the scheme. So let me tell you how we do it. Eight classic albums, one classic year. Draw them out the hat and chew the fat right here. We rate them, we slate them, discuss them and debate them, analyze the beats and quote the lyrics verbatim. When all is said and done, we put it to the vote and tell you which of them is won. Then it's to the semis and the final for the final cut set or CD. So who will it be? We going all in, so on the sound of the whistle, let the games begin. Hello and welcome to Hip Hop World Cup, the podcast that pits golden age hip hop albums against each other in a contest to find the ultimate champion. Joining me in the Hip Hop World Cup studio, the multi-million pound state-of-the-art facility uh, we've recently had built uh, our Steve Hitchcock. How are you doing, Steve? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, and James Luskin, how are you doing? Very good, mate. You are going to pay me back the money I put into the studio. Um, we might have to talk about that off uh, afterwards, gonna, if, right. if that's all right. We're um, going to get a big payoff from it, you said. <laughs> yeah, we will. Trust me, lads, we will. We will. Okay. okay. Um, so 1990 is the year we're doing in this episode. Um, very much just sort of post the early years of hip-hop as it starts to transition into the golden age as, as we know it. Um, overall thoughts on, on 1990, uh, without getting too deep into the album. Steve, what are your thoughts on this year in general? Yeah, I think it's like you said, it's it's golden age, but I don't think it's kind of like vintage. It's, it's, it's kind of like a bit of a junction. You can see albums going in different directions here. You know, there's some that's starting to get a bit rougher, some again, a bit more soulful lots of political kind of conscious rap going on and it's it's not quite as refined as we want it to be in like kind of the middle of the golden age but i like it it's, i think it's it's a, it's a good year just just not a vintage year yeah yeah i go along with that it feels to me like the sort of year when all the producers are finding their feet in a way they're kind of you know they're experimenting they're just finding their sound you know a lot of the people we're really into later in the 90s is kind of their early stuff um, uh, Larry, what, what are your thoughts on 1990? Yeah, I, I think there's kind of one exception to that, which you know we'll get we'll get onto later. But I think you're right in saying that a lot of them are kind of setting the groundwork for later albums that are better, but in similar styles to what they're kind of previewing here. Um, but I think it was the year it, it's the year that like we got into hip hop. Isn't it basically? I, I think the kind of the stuff, the first stuff that we liked was from before 1990, but 1990 was definitely the year that we started listening yeah. to it. Um, but quite a few of the albums I didn't kind of know at the time. Yeah, yeah, I go along with that. It was it was very much in our sort of very early formative years of being into hip hop, um, yeah. given the you know, sort of age we were around the time, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was very much sort of. Finding up, finding our feet as well, you know, in terms of how we, yeah. what we liked and stuff, and because we were so young and kind of getting into it, we didn't really, we weren't aware of all the albums that were coming out in this year. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's also quite strange in that the <laughs> there, there are kind of some really commercial albums, like two really obvious commercial albums, being like the MC Hammer album and the Bill and the Rice album. Yeah. Which criminally both, aren't in here. Both artists I kind of quite liked at the time, but also like the really hardcore stuff as well. It's, it's quite an odd um, 
of extra stuff. Yeah, it was a weird sort of, yeah, weird period of time. You had this pop rap was just kind of becoming a thing. Um, so, yeah, well, with that in mind then, obviously we won't reveal what albums we've got yet, but let's talk about some of the honourable mentions, the ones that didn't get in very briefly. Uh, Steve, let's start with you. Let's just give me a couple of your kind of honourable mentions that you wish kind of perhaps were in or... Uh, you know that I'm deeply frustrated. You know, I appreciate this is a World Cup and you know there's a qualification system here, but in my mind, there's two two of my favourite albums from this year just aren't even at the World Cup. So um, the Lord Finesse album, Funky Technician, uh, I think it's such a fantastic album and and also kind of set uh, set things up really nicely for some albums that kind of followed with the DITC um, uh, crew. And then uh, Paris, The Devil Made Me Do It. I really, really like that album. It's, it's, it's a little bit kind of samey all the way through, but I, but I like that. I do like it. It kind of feels like a good long player. So actually, I'm really disappointed we, we can't see those two perform on a World Cup stage. You know, they, I think they'd have done, done actually quite well in this tournament. Yeah, um, yeah, some, some big names in there. Yeah, the, the Lord Finesse one, I think, um, you know, Lord Finesse was pretty much one of the architects of the sound, wasn't he? And to, not have him among this but again probably that shows what you know it's a fairly strong year you know if, if people like Lord Finesse aren't getting in then you know kind of says good things about the year what about you Larry any um any uh, to be benches? honest I mean I, I struggled to come up with an eight to get in you know for the final eight anyway so there, there are no kind of I mean <laughs> what about um and it's not an album it's an EP but 100 miles and running that was 1990 wasn't it I think so yeah and here's where you hit a bit of a grey area we've we've reached a kind of consensus that we're not including EPs um, which could be yeah. quite controversial in it because it, it you know it means we can't include things like 100 miles and running and kill at will both of which came out yeah. this year um, but yeah, I just I mean if, if it were included like 100 miles and running would be in there for me and, and it would be in contention for the top spot I think yeah I, I'd go along with that as well and then kill at will I, I, I love kill at will I think there's some absolute bangers on there so listen without further ado then let's get into the actual the business end of what we're trying to do here. Um, we're going to get into the, the Hip Hop World Cup itself. So here are the rules. Using a scientific process of shortlists and horse trading, Danny, James and Steve agree on a list of eight albums from the chosen year, which will compete for the Hip Hop World Cup. In each round, our pundits draw the albums from a hat to decide who plays who, then discuss each match and vote for the album they want to win. Albums with the most votes progress through the rounds to the final, where the lads vote again to decide which album is the undisputed hip-hop World Cup champion. Let the games begin! So, we have Public Enemies, Fear of a Black Planet, LL Cool J, Mama Said Knock You Out, BDP, Edutainment, Eric B and Rakim, Let the Rhythm Him, Brand Nubian, One for All, Ice Cube's America's Most Wanted, EPMD's Business as Usual, and A Tribe Called Quest's People's Instinctive Blah Blah Blah. I can't remember the title, but you know the one. Their first album. Um, so, <laughs> without further ado, yeah. What is it? What, 
people's instinctive people's instinctive travels in the paths, paths of rhythm. Yeah. Of course it is. Thank you. That was a test. But um, that's your eight albums. Those are the World Cup finalists. So without further ado, let's um, let's let's head over to the uh, FIFA headquarters where we'll find uh, Stephen Hitchcock <laughs> uh, with a bag of uh, the bag of names for the uh, the first match in round one. EPMD. Classic album. Classic, classic sound, album. classic album. Going up against. Ah, oh, Ice Cube. America's Ooh. most wanted. EPMD v Ice Cube. Okay. Okay, right. Well, so I think first to go on this one is you, Steve. All right, let's okay. So oh, let's start with uh, the EPMD album. I really like this album. It's. It is classic EPMD sound, isn't it? It's like that really kind of funky, raw, rough, rugged. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's, there's some really kind of like classic lines in there. Um, I think the rapping is a kind of a bit rough and rugged as well at points, but I, I think it's, uh, if you like EPMD, this is, this is I think, a really good album. Um, lots of really good tracks. And, and for me, to get through in this World Cup, there needs to be some great tracks and some classic tracks. I don't think there's anything classic on there, but I think Rampage, classic track. Manslaughter is a great track. Gold Digger, great track. And Rap is Out of Control. So I think there's enough, enough really, there's enough really good stuff in there to make this a really good, uh, a good contender to go against uh, Ice Cube. Uh, one thing I, I don't know, I don't know what you two think about this. It's, it's like always bothered me. It's the the Jane tracks on all the PMDM. They just feel like they're just like nonsense. I, I, I don't even really properly understand what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who is Jane? What is it about? It's like a joke you're not in on. That's how I always feel when I'm listening to them. Yeah, I just can't figure out. It's like what's the point? Um, but there is a little bit of filler on there. Um, so yeah, that for me is a good album. Now, America's Most Wanted. I don't know. You, you know, I'm not Ice Cube's biggest fan. And here we go. Yeah, here we go. Uh, it, I think it starts really well, actually. I think it does start really well. I like the first kind of few tracks, and it's. I think it, it's definitely one of his better better albums, better than most of his other albums. But for me, it just isn't a kind of good long player. It's not something that I can like listen to all the way through and enjoy. And it's not something I kind of want to go back and keep listening to, apart from maybe those kind of like first few tracks. But I, I do, I do get it. I get the fact this is like, it is kind of classic. You know, Ice Cube is a classic rapper. He's this is his debut solo album. The production is kind of like really uh, innovative and kind of, um, you know, sets, sets the style for, for brands that kind of follow. Um, but yeah, for, for me, it's not, it's not a strong album. 
Oh, that's a shame. Okay. Well, yeah, interesting. James, what are your thoughts on this this, this matchup? Um, I, well, yeah, America's Most Wanted. Um, I think I kind of I became properly familiar with it like later on in life. I think I kind of I remember the a few obvious tracks from from back in the day. Um, the obvious one being like Gangster's Fairy Tale. Um, that was always a bit of a quotable kind of at school. I remember with the um, uh, what's the what's the guy that they sampled in it? Um, the comedian Andrew oh, Dice Clay, yeah, I think. Andrew Dice Clay, yeah. yeah. Um, but I love I love that track. Gangster's Fairy Tale is brilliant. Um, Once upon a time with the projects is great. Um, yeah. I think I kind of when I like in my mind, I, I think I probably thought I liked this album more than I do now that I kind of listen to it critically um i think um it's kind of like the bomb squad production is is better on public enemies stuff i think i think it better suits kind of like chuck d uh the nice cube um it's a lot like the production here is a lot more sparse than the public enemy stuff um and kind of lacks any of the kind of i don't know like the complexity or the scale of like the production, like the public enemy production. It's not to say that it's bad, but I don't know. I think there's only kind of a couple, like a few standouts really. Like those being like, as I've mentioned before, like Gangster's Fairy Tale is great. Um, Once Upon a Time in the Projects, like, you know, really good storytelling, you know, love the beat, even though it's quite a simple one. Lots of like quotable little bits in there, really memorable. I think the, the first track that, you know, the, the end word you love to hate is an absolute, that's a five out of five classic, um, you know, really kind of comes out the gate strong with that one. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's actually, there's a fair amount of filler. I think once it gets kind of put beyond like Gangster's Fairy Tale, you're into, con- into solid two out of five, three out of five track territory. Um, you say that, Larry. That makes me feel so so relieved. It's quite. A, I, I think like the, there are you know there are strong there are strong tracks on there definitely, but it, it's the first half of it. It gets a bit weak, and yeah, by the time, I mean, who's the Mac is, is pretty good. But apart from that, the second half, I'm just thinking about kind of the next album I'm going to put on basically. Um, and yeah, like Steve, I think it's definitely. It's, I don't even know if it's his second best album, like maybe The Predator is better. don't know. Um, but still generally solid. I still like it. I will still listen to it in the future. And I, you know, I have no problem with people kind of saying that it's a classic, it's a, it's seminal, it's an important album. There's like a good story behind it. Um, moving on to uh, the EPMD album. I, I was never, like EPMD are just a, a group that I'm not massively familiar with. Um, I think I'd have really loved the album if I'd have got into it at the time. Um, I really love the kind of samples that Eric Sermon uses. I think he he is the producer, isn't he, out of the of the two? Uh, yeah, they, um, they both are really. But yeah, yeah, right. And he, and he's a good rapper as well. Like Parish, not not so much. Although I've kind of I kind of got a bit of a soft spot for some of his tracks with his kind of weird. Uh, voice. Um, I think the main kind of difference between this and America's Most Wanted is that 
while Ice Cube's album has a few standout tracks and then some kind of poor tracks towards the end, I think this is just mostly uh, like filler's not the right word. It's better than filler, but they're all kind of they're all sort of three out of five songs for me. Like the majority of them, apart from like a couple falls, uh, like I'm Mad, Manslaughter. It's got that sort of nice sample. I think like Love Unlimited Orchestra. I think. Um, Are those official true score, Larry's? Um, that you've done there. These are go. These, these, these. This is from the uh, the the, uh, the patented true score format. Yeah, um, but most of them, yeah, just threes out of five. And and no, it's just. Um, I think it shows the importance of having some standouts on an album like Ice Cube does. Um, I think like a couple more really good tracks would have gone a long way to kind of this just being a. I don't know being a better album in my opinion, but. I, I, you know, I definitely see how people like it. I can see how people are big EPMD fans. I, I like the general vibe of their stuff, even if I'm not kind of massively familiar with it. Interesting. Now, which, which scores um, were the highest on True Score? For business as usual. Yeah. Uh, it's those ones I just mentioned, really. So I'm mad. I, I could. I don't really know how any of these tracks go. Apart, the only one I can remember. Is manslaughter because it has like a I think it's a love unlimited orchestra yeah, yeah. sample, Danny. So I'm that's a you know you can't go wrong kind of you know looping that up and wrapping over it really. Uh, the other one uh, being brothers on my job. So again, <laughs> I don't really know I don't really know how it how it goes. I just know that I've given it a true score rating of football. Um, I mean that's fairly high, you know, in, in true score type. Into uh, yeah, uh, it, it is it is really true score terms. Um, yeah. It's not it's not bad. Like it's rare that an out you know there. There's only one five on America's Most Wanted to be, to be honest, um, which is the um, the N word you love to hate. Once upon a time in project was a four point five. Actually, yeah. Gangster's Fairy Tale was a five as well. But there we go. Just before I launch into my thoughts, have you had any commercial interest in the True Score technology yet? I mean, I know you were touting it around. Um... I there's I've had, I can't really go into the um, into the details, but yeah, um, there, looks like there might be like a like a million dollar deal on the table. Really? Are you so I, have I, the, I have let the people know that that deal does come off the table. Yeah, and, and you're and, lots, so. and you're involved in that deal, are you? Yeah, and I won't I won't take a penny less than that. Okay, well, absolutely. I mean, some of these big. Uh, Aerospace companies could do with a way of evaluating hip hop albums. Well, there's, a, there's, a, there's a rival to the system. There's, there's real rate, <laughs> which um, they're, they're kind of talk. They're talking about le- like leasing some of the tech behind it. But um, yeah, it's proprietary stuff. I can't. Re- I shouldn't. Really yeah, we should, sorry, I shouldn't. I shouldn't but have brought that. that I shouldn't that's have brought that. More than I should already. To be honest. I should. Yeah, I shouldn't have brought it up. Sorry. Okay, so um, so what do I think about these two? Well, in a way, I'm pretty disappointed that um, EPMD has come up against. Ice Cube in a way because uh, you know I love well starting with the EPMD album I think so I was never really an EPMD guy but this was always my my favourite of the ones that I did have uh, I just think it comes in really strong right from track one with I'm Mad and just doesn't kind of let up as you go through I mean it's um, you know the samples are really good it's exciting and the thing I always did like about EPMD was that sort of interplay between them between the two of them I love hip hop that kind of They'll take parts of a verse each, and they'll switch between the two of them. I always love that, and EPMD really get yeah. that. Uh, I just think, like, I think the earlier EPMD albums of what I've heard of them, they're they're a bit more sort of basic, a little bit more rudimentary. As I say, they haven't really, you know, th- this is the first kind of '90s sounding album that they did. 
obviously, because it's in the 90s, but it's kind of had that, you know, the samples they were using were very, you know, that sort of later hip hop style. Um, and I just, I just absolutely love it from start to finish. There isn't a, a track I don't really like. I just, this is one that I had, I think I recorded it off somebody, I dubbed it onto a cassette, and it's one of those cassettes I just played over and over and over again. Um, I love Hardcore, which introduced us to Redman. That was his kind of first appearance. They just took a snippet from, oh no, they, they took a snippet from it for, for his album um, when it came out a couple of years later. Um, yeah, Rampage of LL, absolutely love. I mean, yeah, that Def Jam kind of tie-in, you know, that was that's a great track. As you say, Manslaughter was really good. You can't go wrong if you, you know, if you're looping up a Barry White sample. Um, yeah, I, just, I really love it. Gold Digger was a single, one of the singles off this album. And I used to, the video used to be on MTV Raps. Used to absolutely love that track. Um, and I just, you know, it's one of those. I, I never had to fast forward any. I loved every track. Loved the production. Loved the, the interplay. Uh, and in a way, I'm kind of gutted that it has come up against Ice Cube, as I said, because for me, Ice Cube, this is an absolute masterpiece, um, start to finish. It, it's just. Everything about it, the beats, you know, the samples, that Bomb Squad flavour, it just instantly makes an impact. You put it on and it's just all the way through. It's just a great album. Um, yeah, really significant in that uh, it was his first solo album, moved over to the East Coast and it's really got that sound. I think, yeah, I think, Larry, you're probably right that the Bomb Squad did it better for, for Public Enemy albums, but I do think this is a really good sort of capsule of their sound. You know, I think it's, it's all in there, you know, chucking loads of samples in, little skits, you know, chuck, just chucking loads of, and seeing what sticks. Yeah. And it just really works for me. And I think also this was the album that underlined that Ice Cube was the lyricist from NWA. So the lyrics are really on point. He's really angry. He's got a lot of hunger. You know, he, he's, he really goes for it on this album. And there's so, as you said, there's so many memorable lyrics. So a gangster's fairy tale is one that is just sticks in the head. Um, so yeah, I, th I just, for me, these are two really, really strong albums that I absolutely loved. Again, uh, America's Most was one I had on a really scratchy, hissy tape back in the day and I just played it so much. And um, so it's a difficult one for me, this. But, um, but I do, yeah, I think when it comes to the crunch, I think I know which one I prefer. But um, so yeah, I mean, without further ado, I think that's it, gents. Should we vote which, which one we want to go through? Yeah. So to start with you, Steve, which uh, what gets your vote? Well, I think because it's got more great tracks and better production, I'm going for business as usual. Interesting. James, what do you think? I think I think that makes it interesting because I'm going I'm going for Ice Cube um, because I'm more familiar with it. I've just I've got more. Uh, fondness for Ice Cube. Not that I would kind of let that be the deciding factor, but I just think, generally speaking, it is a better album. I think it's, it's got... If you had to disappear one album from from the archives, like, it would be such a shame to get rid of America's Most Wanted against Business As Usual, I think. Yeah. It's just the kind of... It is just a better album. I've got nothing against the, the other one. I think I would... I think if I'd have had it from back then, it would be a little bit more of a close run thing. But yeah, for me, it's America's most wanted. Kind of just just about tips it. Yeah, I think so I it's can... interesting. So I, I don't. I, I honestly, I don't know which way you're. I think I know which way you're going to go, but I'm not. I wouldn't kind of stake. 
Yeah, like, I mean, uh, my, uh... well, it's just really difficult for me because, like, as I say, America's Most Wanted is just such a, a masterpiece to me and anything that came up against it was going to struggle. And it really kind of disappoints me that EPMD has come up against it because it's one of my kind of six from this year that are my absolute stone-cold classics. But, you know, that's, that's a reality of World Cup <laughs> uh, hip-hop football is that somebody's got to be beaten, you know? And uh, I think f from that score... Yeah, I think my vote goes to America's Most Wanted. It has to really. It's just, it's just a much, it's just a much better album. It's sort of, it's, it's more vital. It's more sort of vibrant. Its impact on the hip hop world is greater. Yeah. Um, you know what it meant at the time um, after him, after he left NWA. I just think all round, it's the better album, the more significant album, and I just can't see anything else yeah. deserving to go through. To be honest with you, so. I mean, you can't, Steve. You can't be like surprised by that surely no it was because i was secretly hoping one of you was was gonna choose it because you you spoke more positively about it than i expected so i was i just had a slim hope you know like a 90th minute winner was going to kind of be nodded in but yeah yeah i think i mean i think it's a little bit it's a bit of an unfair matchup i think we're, i think danny and me are probably giving it a little bit too much weight for it being like an important album by an important by a kind of significant rapper i think it's more of a it's more of a significant album than a than a great album if that makes sense i don't i don't think it would ever i don't think i can listen back to it and think that's a great album but i can see the significance of it i think i would i think i would probably think it was better at the time as well like for the same reasons yeah yeah i mean 100 percent. i mean yeah there was no there was no sort of contest back in the day i mean the, America's Most was always the better album then. I think it is now re-evaluating. It's just, yeah. I do, I've got a real soft spot for that EPMD album. I'm not an EPMD guy, but I just, that album was one I played loads. So yeah, but I think that I think that's the right result. So yeah, America's Most Wanted by Ice Cube uh, goes through to the semi-finals. Come on y'all, get locked, get down. Here we go. So, uh, match number two in the, the Hip Hop World Cup for 1990. Steve, what we got? Let's have the first one out of the hat. Okay, the home team is Edutainment. Okay, cool. Edutainment, Beauty Get Down Productions. Against, oh, that's a good one. Brand Nubian, one for all. Okay. Right, so the first up on this one is uh, Larry. How are we, uh, what are we thinking about this one? Um, yeah, this is this is a quite a bit of a weak matchup for me, um, and it's um, a bit of a struggle to kind of know who's going to go through. But um, yeah, edutainment. I'll start with. I think um, like I think at his best, like KRS One is like as good a rapper as like anyone from this kind of generation. Um, but I just don't really kind of like like the beats especially sort of the earlier like the bdp stuff um they're just a bit kind of bit too sparse bit kind of plodding like leaden production really um it's also like far too long i think it's like 20 20 tracks and it's got quite a few skits on there but just yeah outstays it's welcome 
far too much, really. There's only one track that I really like, which is Love's Gonna Get You, um, which I've always liked. It's a re really good piece of storytelling. Absolutely love it. Like, probably the best beat on the album as well. Um, and the only other one is, like, Beef is quite good. Like, Danny, I know you like that one yourself, but um, Beef's okay. It's, it's, it's like a really novel concept for a, for a rap song like one of the most kind of novel concepts i suppose for a rap song that i've ever heard um but like krs1 for me and bdp like i've got a um my sort of introduction to him really was like was a compilation that, that i got around about sort of 2002 something like that it was like all the all of his best stuff from like solo and from bdp and it's it's really really good but I just think he's a bit, he's a kind of, he's a best of rapper for me. Like there's no, I, I haven't really sort of come across any albums that I've kind of liked enough to kind of put as a favourite. So yeah, I just, it's not a great album. Like I don't, I don't think really. Um, and the other one, one, one for All, I didn't have this back in the day. So I, I'm not, I've only kind of really listened to it um, over the last week or two. And I don't know, yeah, I don't want to kind of be too too harsh on it. It's not kind of, it's not a terrible album by any stretch of the imagination. It's not, I mean, the way it sounds isn't like massively dissimilar to like Tribe Called Quest and kind of similar, like Native Tongues type kind of, it's got similar beats and themes and, and raps. I, I really love Grand Hoover and Sadat X like as rappers. Um, like Grand Hoover 2000 is like is a favourite album of mine that'll obviously feature in I think it was like 95 95 when we come to do that that'll be kind of that'll be up there um, but I don't know just the beats the beats are a bit primitive for my liking really they're just all kind of one or two bar loops and I, I think the more inventive uh, sort of albums from this era just even then are kind of a lot more complex i mean like you know, as i say the obvious one would be kind of comparing it to tribal quest with day last soul who are doing sort of much more complex stuff um i don't know there's, just, there's not much memorable on it really um try to do me is quite good sort of a new, new jack swing kind of thing i quite quite like that um what else have we got on there um i think i probably there are albums that I that I rate it above, like in turn, like from from these eight. If I'm being completely honest, um, and I, I can see why someone who grew up grew up with it would kind of like it a lot more than I do, um, and I can even see how like such a person could make a case for it being as good as the Tribe album, maybe. Um, but for me, I just I have no attachment to it, and um, yeah. But yeah, I just don't don't really care for it an awful lot, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I, I totally, <clears throat> totally echo your uh, sentiments on the on this matchup as well. This is this feels like a, a bottom of the table, you know, group group G tussle uh, yeah. you know, to, to decide who doesn't finish bottom. I think what's happened here is that edutainment's kind of snuck in because it's one of the ones that we kind of a couple of us knew better than other ones, yeah. and I think when when we sat down to actually evaluate it we realised that it's not actually that good. <laughs> um, I, think, I think if yeah. we had all kind of listened to all of the available albums from the year, yeah. 
like yeah, it probably wouldn't have got in really. Yeah, like, maybe one for all would have. I, I don't know. But... Yeah, well, here's yeah. I mean, here's the thing. This is so I I sort of lobbied for this vegetainment to get in and because it's again it's one i had on a dubbed tape and i used to listen to it all the time on the walkman and i used to love black man black man's in effect um as you say i love beef like beef to me that beat on beef it's just not i've never heard anything like that at all i don't know where weird, that, isn't it? it's really weird and i don't know where that sample came from um and and also the subject matter it just it's one of those that just really stuck in my hair beef what a relief i love that yeah and um i just think that that really made it stand out and I think what's happened is that that track has made this album stand out in my head a lot more because I like I, you know I didn't have it on CD until like later in the in the noughties I kind of bought it retrospectively because I only had it on tape which kind of tells you maybe a bit about about it but I just always felt it was you know it's among those albums that I love so when I reevaluated it I still loved all the tracks I love Black Man in Effect um, Beef Love's Gonna Get You which I absolutely love that they used to play the video on, on MTV Raps and it was like a black background and they were stood in front of it. And of course, it's where I you know, got myself at Uzi and my brother and Nine comes from off the Snoop Dogg yeah. album. Um, and also sampled by Warren G on um, his, his version of I Shot the Sheriff when he goes, all I can think about is Warren. It's like, it's, 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 right, it's rich pickings for like little sampled bits. I think that is... Def- like KR- KRS-One is like prime for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, this is brilliant storytelling rap. I just, I just love this track so much. And again, I think that's what's uh, like inflated my, my, uh, th- this album in, in my memory. I think that's what's kind of happened because I love that track so much. But, you know, as you go on past that, you've got, you know, I, I remember, I remember the tracks and, you know, they're all, they're all okay, but they're very much, there's lots of, there's lots of beats on there that are just beats. It's like a, a beat yeah. with rapping on it. And sometimes I feel like it's kind of like an album that, you you know, you, you might play t- in, a, in a classroom to a bunch of kids to educate them on it. Because it's, it's literally, as the title said, it's, it's education. So each and every track is him going off on one on, on a subject. And sometimes, you know, I, I don't know, I'm not sure I really want that from my hip hop albums. Um, as, as intelligent as he is, as a good rapper as he is, as influential as he is, it's just a little bit. Uh, what's the word? It's it's kind of it's quite hard work getting through this album, mm. and there's a lot of skits and a lot of, you know, there's a lot of stuff. So my overall sort of takeaway of this album is it mixes really good some really good stuff with too much really poor stuff and there's a couple of things on there like some of those we were talking in the last episode about cod reggae tracks he, there's a few of that yeah. a few of those on here and it's just like it's embarrassing yeah, this is, it's really bad for yeah that, really it? bad so so i think i think the good tracks that i love off this are good enough to make me me happy that i suggested this to be in here but in retrospect i really don't think this is a great album you know in terms of trying to find the best one for the year so which moot Moving on to Brand Newbie, and again, I was never really a Brand Newbie guy. The first album of theirs that I bought was 93's In God We Trust, um, which isn't a great album either. Um, so I had to kind of retrospectively listen to it. So I don't, I'd never owned it on any format or anything. So I got it in kind of like on MP3 later, later on. And I don't know, I, th- I do feel it's one that I could probably imagine myself having liked at the time, as you said. Um, you know, it's got all the right elements in place, jazzy samples, um, good lyrics, um, just quite fun, quite upbeat. Um, Grand Pooper, and you know, I love Grand Pooper, just like you, Larry. You know, 2000 is one of my sort of my all timers. Um, yeah. Slept on album, um, and I just I don't know. I just don't think it quite grabs me listening to it today. But I do feel it's a little bit unfair, and I, I know its importance in the culture, and I know it's regarded as a classic album. And also, uh, Slow Down is 
absolute banger. I, like I knew that's the one I knew. That's the one I knew from back in the day. You know, with the um, Eddie Brickell and the new Bohemian sample, um, "What I Am." It's just it's such a great track, and it's kind of like right at the end as well. I think, unless I've got a weird copy of it, but um, I just I just don't think this this album I know well enough, or there's enough. It doesn't stand out enough for me to even consider it going through to the final. But you know, we we shall see. But so okay, it's a tricky one. I I, I still need to form my opinions on it. So uh, let's hand over to Steve for your thoughts while I mull it over a bit more. Well, maybe I can help because I, I definitely agree with you on one album. I disagree with you on the other. I, I definitely agree with um, everything you said about entertainment. And I think, Danny, what, the word you're looking for, it might be a bit kind of indulgent. I think he's just trying, he, he tries too hard to, to do too much on this album. And if he actually got a, a decent producer and uh, and was able to kind of rap over some decent decent tracks, I think this would be a much better album. Uh I think it's like you said, it's got, it has got lots of good tracks and only one kind of classic track. Um, but yeah, it's it, it it makes me quite cross, Danny, that you managed to get this album in here instead of you know, the Devil Made Me Do It and Funky Technician. But do you, do you know what? I'm start, I'm starting to agree with you a little bit, but like it, it snuck in because it's one I know and I don't know those two either. So it's a tricky oh, it's one, a isn't tragedy. it? Do you? Do you go for ones that you've listened to retrospectively and try and judge it on a technical level? Or do you go with the ones you have some sort of personal connection with? And for me, it's the latter. But, you know, hey, that's yeah. that's Hip Hop World Cup, you know? So I do I do disagree with you both about Brand New being probably slightly. I, actually, I, I think this is a is a good album. I think it's it it's really funky. It's really soulful. And Danny, you said it's quite a fun album as well. And, and you've both kind of said, like, Grand, Grand Poober definitely stands out and... There's some really great kind of quotable lines on there, um, you know, on the dedication, the the, um, the old school track. We wouldn't be here today if the old school didn't pave the way. Love that. Um, and yeah, some great tracks. I thought I think Concerto X in minor is a great track on there. Slow Down is obviously classic. Uh, I love the brand new track on there. Just think it's really funky. Um, Wake Up uh, in the Sunshine remix, um, and obviously dedication as well. I think it's really good. So I, I think there's enough, there's definitely enough good and there's some great tracks on there to make this a, a really good album. And it and it definitely feels like, it, it feels like it's a little bit out of place in 1990. It feels like this, if this was like in 92 or 93, it would have, it would have fitted in better into that kind of era. Um, so yeah, hopefully Danny, you can see your way to, uh, to voting for Brian Nubian here. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a difficult one. Um, well, you're, you're, uh, I think uh, it's Larry's first to vote on this one, so let's um, let's see what let's see what he has to say. Yeah, um, yeah. For me, it's quite obvious actually, um, which is the best album, and it's the it's Brand Nubian. I think I would be more on Steve's page if I had if I was more familiar with it, even if I'd got into it during my sort of second wave of being into hip hop, sort of in the early two thousands. If I if I bought it then. I might have thought it. I don't, know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have much. Yeah, I think it, one, one for all is just that it's the, it's funkier. It's more up my it's more up my street musically. Um, just being completely objective about it, I think it's, it's just the kind of a more musical album. It's kind of, it sounds good as well. That's one thing I've got to mention before actually is that being someone who's kind of into like music production and engineering and stuff, I I can never completely. Um, 
ignore kind of sonic quality of albums. And I, actually, this one sounds really good for an, al- for an album from 1990, I think. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go for one for all. One for all. So, so that's one vote for one for all. Um, is that is that um, a, a true score verified? Um, it is a true score verified. Verdict. Um, yeah. Cool. Okay. And um, so coming on to me then, I mean, this is really, I mean, this is, this is harder than it should be really because... On one hand, I've got Edutainment, which I have a personal connection with. You know, the tracks I love off this album, I really love. Whereas Brand Nubian, I had to listen to it for this and try and work out with, you know, sort of judge it objectively. I think One For All is the better album. And um, I think even though it pains me to say it uh, because of the attachment I have to Black Man in Effect, Beef, Love's Gonna Get You, I think I'd prefer those to be a little three track mini album or an EP, yeah. as they're known. Um, but there's too much filler on edutainment. So I think for that reason, I'm, I'm just going to have to say Brand Nubian One For All, just sort of putting my objective hat on mm. for a change um, and just saying, yeah, One For All gets my vote. Steve, over to you. Well, it's obvious where my vote's going to go, but before I officially cast it, I, I do want to say how much... I- I do love KRS One. I think he is one of the greatest rappers, and it is Definitely. just such a such a tragedy that he he actually hasn't had a, a properly classic album. And and we went to to see him in Exit a few years ago, didn't we? And it was just it was so sad to see him uh, perform in front of about a hundred people. And this is like one <laughs> of the most technically gifted musicians, rappers in the world, and uh, and he just hasn't been able to I don't know reach. The potential that he, or, or I guess commercially reaches potential. Um, yeah, but I think he's probably about. I think he's probably about more than that, isn't he? I don't think that really matters to him. I think he's, I think he's after respect and uh, credibility. He seems like a bit. He seems like a bit of a pain in the arse. If, if you know what I mean, like Kara yeah. as well. Like he, uh, I think he rates himself, takes himself a little bit too seriously, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's his downfall. I mean, he that that show was. Yeah, it was a good show. Um, that we went to Steve, wasn't it? I couldn't understand a single word he said. That sound system wasn't uh, <laughs> yeah. wasn't doing much for the clarity of his voice. But um, but yeah, I mean, he puts on a show and he did not stop from start to finish, jumping up and down. And um, and he's yeah. about seventy. He's about <laughs> seventy. Yeah. So um, he, you know, that, let's not let's not get it get it twisted. You know, he's a legend in in this industry, yeah. and you know, I just feel like he's he delivers albums that just don't inspire that feeling in you. No. you know, Love's, Love's Gonna Get You is probably the best track from this year. Yeah. It's definitely my favourite track from this year. That's, well, that's taken, a bit, really, that's, that's taken a bit far, but yeah, it's one of them. I w- yeah, I wouldn't quite go that far, but it, but it is really good. I, I've always loved that track. Yeah, brilliant track. Okay, so, well, it's unanimous then. Um, so we're all voting for Brand New Being One For All, so that's the, that's the one that's going through to uh, the semi-final. Good. Right. Okay. Let's move on to match three from round one. Um, Steve, you got the um, your ball bag. Yeah, my bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two biggins left in the ball bag. Um, let's have it. That's ball bag. 
I don't know if we want to draw these big guns against each other. Let's uh, let's see what comes out. Right, Steve, what we got? So, home team is Let the Rhythm Him. Okay, Eric B and Rakim. Eric B and Rakim. Versus. Against. Oh. Mama said knock you out. Okay, so we're very like um, a punching theme across the board on these two albums. <laughs> <laughs> Hit, hitting. You, you know that does mean that we've got Public Enemy against Tribe Called Quest in the, in yeah. the main. Yeah. Oh, game. heavyweight, heavyweight. That's, that's a that, big one. That's a Portugal v Spainer. That is. Okay. Yeah, it's a big one. Anyway, we'll worry about that in a minute. All right. So who we got? So first of all, well, that's me. I'm up first on this one. And um, so um, Eric B and Rakim. Uh, so where do we start? I mean, LL Cool J. I mean, this one had it on cassette. It's going to be my, that's going to be my catchphrase in this, in this podcast. I had it on cassette um, and rinsed the hell out of it. I just, I think, I mean, going through it, I, you know, I love the singles. You had the Boomer System, Round the Way Girl. Obviously, Mama Said Knock You Out, which, well, I'll talk about that separately. But, but I think apart from, obviously, aside from that track, you look for, for an album, you want it to be more, more than a, one song, you know. And um, I, I do think there's a lot on here that really you know, make this album really strong from start to finish. I used to put it on, listen to it all the way through. There's a couple that are sort of on the sort of new Jack swing kind of, that kind of R&B type vibe. But Around the Way Girl is one of those. It was one of the singles. And although it's got that kind of R&B flavor to it, I just love that track back in the day. I just love it. The Mary Jane Girl sample. Um, just one of LL doing one of his pop rap, what's he, what he's really good at, sort of one of those pop hits. And um, so I, I just find that track irresistible. The booming system, sampling on Vogue, um, really strong start to the start to the album. Um, there's, I think it's produced by Marley Marl. I think there's a um, there's a story. I think there's a story behind that track about how they made it for the clubs. And I think they knew that on Vogue at the time was a massive track, and they 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 made it knowing that it was going to hit because that that beat really hit. Um, and as you as you go through it, I mean, like I've always found LL Cool J to be one of the the best rappers like I love and, and I'll get probably pilloried for saying this but I love Walking With A Panther because his the album before this is because there's just so many good tracks on that and his lyrical dexterity in that album is amazing and he carries it through onto this album and some of the stuff like he really kind of in some of these he's really showing off like in Murdergram um, he just absolutely goes for the jugular like he's undeniably one of the greatest MCs of all time you know don't let don't let I Need Love you know, and things like that for you. This guy is a—he's the real deal. He's amazing. Um, so yeah, I, I just absolutely—I—I I, I love this album. Um, but yeah, Mama said knock you out is the undisputed highlight. You know, I mean, it, it's—you it, can put it on any time. It'll just get you going. Like I—I I wouldn't say it's like um, a masterclass in like nuanced rapping or sort of you know, wordplay or lyrical dexterity, you know, he is literally shouting about how much he's going to punch you. But just something about the way, the anger with which he delivers it and just something about the energy of the track and that sample, the ah, just, it all kind of merges, it all kind of blends so brilliantly into this this anthem, you know? And I think it's in the conversation for like, you know, those standout, Hip hop tracks of all time. I think it's just up there. It's just got that. It's got that sort of status. Um, yeah. You know, it's got that instant goose, goosebump feeling. So, uh, yeah. I mean, this. I mean, yeah. You two, I'm no doubt will argue that there's some absolute, there's some weak stuff on here to the to the break of dawn. I think he, this is Cool Mo D on that one. I mean, that's a little bit kind of lightweight. 
but just generally, I just love this album. I just think the beats are great. I think he raps really well on it. Um, there's none, there's, you know, it, it's, it's just a really solid album. Um, a knockout, if you will. Um, and then the other one, Eric B and Rakim. I th- I th- it's a good album. I think it may well be another one of those where I'm being swayed by the ones that, on it that I'd loved. Like Let the Rhythm Hit Him was always one of I, I would put on mixtapes. Like I, I would always put it on my hip hop mixtapes. Um, loved it, loved it to bits. Um, Rakim's, Rakim's really great on this album. And then it goes into No Omega. And No Omega, I, that, the, the beat of No Omega is just phenomenal. Um, it's funky. I think it's a James Brown loop or something like that. But it's just, I, I absolutely love it. And it starts off with the scratching. It just comes in and it just, Rakim doesn't take his foot off the pedal all the way through. I think it's just an absolutely incredible track. And then it, after that, it kind of peters out a little bit. They start being a bit samey. And Eric B made my day could do with not being on it. But then you come through to track eight, Mahogany, which was always one I absolutely loved. So I think it's the beat is an Al Green sample. And him talking about this lady that he wines and dines and sort of, you know, schmoozes. And I just, like, that track always stands out for me. I love that. But as I say, I think everything around it, having reassessed it recently, I think it's my love for this album is built on perhaps four tracks. I throw in the ghetto in there as well, which I love. Uh, but I think I think there's some really weak stuff on here. I know this was the, this is one of the albums that the source gave five mics to as well. It's kind of like back in its early days. I didn't think they quite knew what they were doing with those mics back then. Mm. But I, I wouldn't say this was a five mic album. But I do think there's enough on it to reinforce a that it's a good album. B that Rakim is one of the greatest lyricists of all time. I know that's really cliche, but he really is. Um, so yeah, I think two strong albums. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to need a bit of time just to decide who I'm going to vote for. But yeah, two two good albums. So I'll, I'll hand it over here to um, Steve. What are your thoughts on this this pairing? I think you're right. I think this is really close. I, I think the first thing to say is that I think both of these albums are kind of like classic 1990s. They're they're they're, they're kind of well matched. They've got both got good rappers. They both sound very similar. And for me, I'll talk a bit more about it, but I think they both actually work quite well as like long players. Like I like listening to the to, to both albums all the way through and I don't kind of get switched off. They're, they're just enjoyable. And for me, you need that for, for, for a good or a great album. Um, so Mama said, knock me out. I think like, I, I didn't really get into LL Cool J until quite recently because I just, I think, like you were saying, Danny, if you, I think I just thought of him like, you know, rapping over like lounging and all those kind of like pop tracks. And I thought, I'm not going to like him. But then I listened to all his early stuff and I was like, actually, blimey, he's a really, really good rapper. He he, he really can, uh, you know, do it. And and, um, and the Mama said, not your track, that was in response to Walk Like a Panther being kind of dissed, wasn't it? And his and his grandma said, you know, go and go and knock them out. I yeah. Thought, That's, and you can kind of feel that all the way through that track and it's again it's yes it's a it is a classic track i really really love it like you said danny anytime it comes on you're just like wow this is amazing are you, are you surprised that you didn't put it as track one like because if it was me I'd i kind of, a... i assume i sort of assumed that it was track one i was, I was surprised to find that it wasn't yeah, I don't know. I just, I, if I was, if I was LL Cool J, which I'm, I, I'm not. I'd like to make that absolutely clear. But um, I would have put it track one, sort of bang straight in there. But then maybe he saved it for later because, you know, leave something in the tank, you know, to get you, 
Yeah, booming system is a good a good start of track as well, isn't it? I think I mm. like, like that. So yeah, it's a, I think it's a it's a really good album. Works well as a whole album, but there is a there's a little bit of filler in there. But I I can kind of like just deal with that because I like most of the other stuff on there. And then let the rhythm hit them. It's I think it's a really good EP. I think uh, for me there isn't any filler on this this album. Every track is at least good. The rhyming is just so smooth. He's just he just flows so brilliantly across everything. I think the beats are actually pretty much pretty smooth all the way through. Um, and I, I think the only the, my only kind of criticism is that there probably isn't like a, a really classic track on this album. I, I think Let the Rhythm Hit Them is a is a really good track. No Omega, like you said, Danny is really good. Uh, I like Run for Cover, Mahogany. Uh, I really like Keep Amiga to Listen and Set Them Straight. I think that those kind of two tracks kind of end the album really nicely, which adds to my kind of enjoyment of the of the whole thing. Um, so I think this is this is just really close. Two great rappers, pretty much well produced, and both they both sound like they're from 1990. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to think really hard about who I'm gonna choose here. All right. So what are your what are your thoughts on this this heavyweight tussle, Larry? What, what, yeah, what I mean, I I'm not as enthusiastic about either of them as you two. I don't have like a great deal to say about them, especially like the the let the, let the rhythm hit them. I was going to say the Eric B and Rakim album, but it's just I, I think you're kind of like not quite sure what Eric B does. <laughs> Which brings us, it's, it's an ongoing theme, isn't it? It's, it's going to be an ongoing theme. It's like, what what do these uh, named artists do? Um, Eric yeah. B being a prime I mean, candidate. Must, I, I'm guessing, did he, he must produce it, I suppose. It was Large large Professor mostly produced this album. Yeah. Right, then I just don't know what he did then in that case. He, I, I think he's he's a bit of like an Andrew Ridgely figure, maybe. <laughs> like just like a mate, like Rakim's best mate. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of, he's brought along. Yeah. Well, you stand over there, Eric B, and just watch. I'm just going to make this record, and you just go and watch. But my name's yeah. going to be on it. My name's going to be on it. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. I can be on. Yeah, I can be on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe, they, maybe like they did it around his house or something. Maybe. Yeah, they, yeah. They they let him use his stuff. Yeah, (laughs) it's like uh, maybe uh, like him and DJ Polo get together sometimes. I just sort of like bitch about Eric being called you rap. Anyway, um, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I I can't deny how good Rakim is, obviously, but he's. I I don't, as we kind of spoke about last time, I think I don't. I didn't really have his stuff at the time, or kind of get into him like. He's somebody who's kind of, I know his reputation more than I kind of know of him, really. Um, but for me, I think that like, the beats are just a bit kind of primitive on this one for me. Uh, it might not be fair to say, because it is, it is still quite early in the history of hip hop, really. But when you put it up against, um, I mean, even like against like EPMD, it doesn't really compete beat wise with that, like let alone like the two Bomb Squad produced albums we've got here um i think i think he kind of is best over like fast beats where he can really show off his his flow and they're just they're like from memory they're all a bit kind of a bit more down tempo this doesn't really get the chance to to shine like like in my personal opinion yeah um and i don't know i kind of I, I, I sort of I did I couldn't really bring myself to listen to the whole album through. I found myself skipping it quite a bit. And like when you were kind of you two were talking about tracks that you really like, I'm kind of looking at my 
scores and kind of sort of scratch my head a bit over them really you must have loved Noah Maker though that's got a two out of five really that's incredible that's based on just kind of listening to kind of little snippets of it. Have you calibrated True Score? Did you because normally you calibrate it, it, it in the it, morning it, it, before you, we record. Properly, properly, properly calibrated. Um, I yeah, put it through. And you, I, I, I oiled them. You put oil. Yeah, I was going to say you put oil in. Yeah, plenty of oil in it. Um, fed it some nuts and bolts, <laughs> and um, it's got like put a, put a new tape in it. It's absolutely it's working fine. It and came they, out. Like I, I use like I use. Um, I use Illmatic to calibrate it. It came out, <laughs> came out five, five out of five for that. <laughs> and it, so, and it, so when you get so when, when it came out with two out of five for No Omega, it didn't yeah. have all smoke coming out of it or anything. It was it was fun. It, it, it seemed to have hit it with a spanner and it kind of it seemed kind of you know word back in word back into action. Um, it said okay. don't it said that it said hit me no more. Okay. Um, but no, so so yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm willing to accept that, uh, that it's just my it's just the fact that I didn't have the album at the time, um, and yeah, just don't have any don't really have an attachment to it. And objectively, I just think it's a bit boring and um, it's not very well engineered. Like like just the, the mix and master, just compared to like compared to like one for all, which I said actually sounded really good. This one just sounds a bit kind of dusty. Not in a kind, not in a good way. Just a bit, bit flat. Not not a massive fan. Mum said, "Knock you out." I kind of, I can very distinctly remember like listening to this for the first time, like at your house, Danny, when when you first got it, and just being absolutely blown away, like by the title track, and just immediately wanting to listen to it like over and over and over again, and just having it lodged. Like it, that, that, that song just lodges in, in your mind, basically, a real ill earworm. Probably one of the, the, the best kind of uses of funky drummer, I think. Yeah. Even though it, it probably been used loads of times at that point, but it just sounds really hard and fresh and just, yeah. Yeah. Ab- absolutely great. Probably the single of the year, I think. Yeah, I would have to go, have to go along with that. Um, and just an absolute classic, like we, we, we never tire of hearing it. The only other like the other track that was the standout, which surprised me a little bit, is "Around the Way, Girl," because I, I think I just um, in my mind I'd kind of seen it as, a, as another kind of um, like "I Need Love" or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Without, without kind of having really listened to it, but it's actually um, it's good. I, I like the way like the kind the, like the, the the verse and the chorus differ. Yes. Like the verse is quite sort of quite hardcore. I think it's got like a Kenny Burke sample. Yes, yeah, yeah, rising to the think. top. Um, which is, a, is something you can't really go wrong with, really atmospheric. And then it's got that kind of sort of new Jack Swing kind of the bass um, line, chorus, the, which, yeah. which is really good. Like who, who are the singers on that? Uh, I think it's the Mary Jane Girls. I think it's um, you got me shook up, shook up that one. Uh, and yeah. I, yeah, and I think yeah, Kenny Burke rising to the top in the verses. So that so, that, so that, those are those are the two standout tracks. Um, I think yeah, the title track is just like the essence of hip hop, really. Um, but the rest of it, like a lot of it, is just kind of like twos and threes out of fives for me. It's even got a one. Go on um, for milky for milky cereal. Um, I'm good. I'm glad that is an awful track. But I think uh, like for like what's interesting about this 
matchup is that I think LL Cool J is another one like Rakim who I never became like really familiar with. Um, I do I do prefer him to Rakim actually. I think he's got like one of the best voices like out like in, in hip hop history. Like his delivery is great. I just never kind of had enough of his stuff to be really into him. But I, I like the early. I like kind of the like radio and, yeah. and rock the bells and stuff like that. And I think those tracks are kind of good examples of just rapping over very spare beats in a way that's kind of that does it better than like KRS one. It's just better production. Like Run the MC as well. Similar stuff is kind of basic, but just better. Like it just kind of stands. Like the beats stand up on their own a bit more than like the KRS One stuff. Um, yeah, so I don't have a massive amount to say about this album. Um, a lot of the tracks are just a bit wishy washy, I think. Like in my opinion, apart from apart from those two tracks I mentioned. Um, yeah. But I, so I don't begrudge anyone. I wouldn't begrudge anyone thinking, you know, considering it a classic. Yeah, I mean, I do, I do, I do think it's his best album. I mean, it's, it, there's there's so much good stuff on it. I, I don't heard anything. I think is the the ones before this were too too basic that sort of old hip hop style and I think the later ones I think he went a bit too commercial even though Mr Smith's a good album I think that's there's yeah. absolute bangers on there um but I I just think this was him at his absolute peak with this album and um yeah I yeah, think I think for me it's just, it's just the lack of familiarity I I I have no beef with anyone kind of yeah. really liking it and I'm sure I would if I was more familiar with it um Right. But yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, okay. So the the, the final whistle's blown on this uh, particular tie, um, and I think it's time to vote. Um, so I think, well, I'm going to go first on the vote in this time. Um, I think for me, there's no contest really. Um, I think while there are some absolute classics on the Eric B and Rakim album, Let the Rhythm Hit Him, No Omega, and Mahogany, I just I think a lot of the other uh, other tracks are a little bit dry, a little bit kind of one note um i just don't think it's got the uh the, the sort of power to beat ll cool j's mama said knock you out i think mama said knock you out has just got so many good tracks on it yes there's a couple of fillers but i think i think for me it's a no-brainer it's mama said knock you out um so yeah steve what are your what gets your vote oh this is so hard so hard for me this is just it's so close to cool like i i keep changing my mind so I'm gonna I'm gonna try and be a bit scientific, and I've I've written down six tracks that I really like for LL Cool J, seven for Rakim. I think Rakim is a better rapper. I really like Large Professor as well. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Let the Rhythm Hit. Okay, that's a left field. Yeah, fair I enough. I I just think I'd, I'd much rather go back and listen to Rakim. Then LL Cool J. I think that's that's probably kind of like settled it in my mind. There, there's definitely Mama said knock me out. The, the title track is phenomenal, and it's it is one of the best tracks this year. But yeah, I'm going to stick with Rackham. Yeah, fair play. So, which brings us down to the casting vote, Larry. Um, yeah, I mean, what, what do you do? You, do you have an inkling what I'm going to go for based on what I said? I, I do. Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think for me, like let the rhythm hit uh, hit him is probably that my joint bottom of this whole kind of 
enterprise really like this in, in entertainment so Mum said knock you out is only a kind of middling album for me but it does it does win this this uh, bout it does win this bout there we go so there's our, our next semi-finalists um hello cool j's mama said knock you out uh, dumping eric b and rakim's let the rhythm hit him out Okay, so moving on to match four in round one of Hip Hop World Cup for 1990, we have uh, a, an absolute heavyweight, heavyweight tie now. Uh, I can't even, I don't think I can even bring myself to uh, to think about this one, but we've got uh, Public Enemies' uh, Fear of a Black Planet up against a Tribe Called Quest's first album, which again, I've forgotten what it's called, uh, People's Instinctive Travels and the Paths of Rhythm. Uh, okay, uh, so right, Steve, you're up first on this one. What do you think about this one? How does this uh, this contest? How does it come out for you? Well, probably not surprised to hear. I, I think this is one-sided, but probably not the way that you think. So, I think the Tribal Quest album, Travels and Paths, is 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 an excellent album. I, I think it's 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 not completely classic, but for me, this is the best album of 1990. I, I think Q-Tip is, is a genius, and I think I've come to appreciate more and more as I've kind of got older how, how good he is. Um, I think he produces some really classic beats. Uh, he raps really well. I think Five Dog's not particularly brilliant on this one. He, he kind of comes stronger on some of the later albums. But it's it's still really interesting to listen to. It's a, it's a really different album, and, and, and to place this in 1990 when there's loads of the kind of I don't know more kind of old school rapping going on, and then the more political conscious rapping um, and all the gangster rapping going on. There's just there's just so many likable tracks on this album. Um, there's you know, it's, can, can I kick it? Is obviously an absolute classic on there. Um, I think "Push It Along" is a great track. "Luck of Lucian," "After Hours," "I Left My Wallet," "Benny Trapplebum," and then "Youthful Expression" is absolutely brilliant. And then it does kind of peter out a little bit at the end, but I can kind of forgive it that because if it's got so much good quality, it's like got that kind of like boom bap sound all the way through. So. For me, excellent album, my favourite album this year. And then, controversially, Fear of a Black Planet is one of my least favourite albums of this year. And this is probably going to really annoy both of you. It's just... Can you just I say... Just, sorry, Steve, just, can you just say that again? I think my headphones are broken. <laughs> it's just, I just don't like it. I, I can't... I can't get into it. I, and I've been thinking about this a lot this week because I, I knew you two are going to be crossing me. If it, I can understand how it is a pioneering album. It's, you know, it's got that kind of political edge to it. But I honestly think it, it's overrated. And I, and, I, and I keep going back and listening to it over and over again thinking, what am I missing here? But actually, I, I think I like my hip hop albums to be a bit more kind of soulful. And this is quite like sonically manic, and it's and it's 
it just it just feels completely different to the sorts of thing that I, I like and I, I think Public Enemy overrated as a as a hip hop group. I think they're hugely influential and I, and I don't I, I don't mean them kind of any disrespect because I know that they're really popular and I know they're really pioneering but I just can't get into them. I, it just just doesn't suit suit my ear and for me again controversially I, there's no standout tracks on there that I think I'm going to put them on my you know favorite 1990 track list and favorite tracks all time I think somebody might be getting a little visit from the S1Ws <laughs> I do I, I, there's I do like Welcome to Terror Dome I think there's some like interest there's some classic lines on there that are kind of quite quotable and actually I think Flavor Flav does kind of wake me up a little bit when on the can't do nothing for you man that's that's the kind of like a track that does wake me up a little bit but I'm really sorry. I think th- these are probably two albums at the opposite end of my hip hop like ear, and I, I don't think I can do anything about that. I'm really sorry. Over to you. <laughs> Fair enough, Larry. What's, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't I don't agree with Steve at all. But I I can I can see I can see how you could just not like the Public Enemy sound. I kind of I do get that. It's really abrasive and. Yeah, it's not soulful or jazzy in the sense that Trical Quest is jazzy. Um, so yeah, I mean, for me, I, I think just I'll talk about the Tribe album first. I didn't really become familiar with it until I think like the early two thousands. Um, apart from like, can I kick it? Um, and. I don't think it's as, it's not as it, I, I also got into it after I got into like Midnight Marauders and Low End Theory. And it's not as good an album as either of those two, but it kind of really sets the stage for what they're going to do like with those albums and the rest of their career. I think Steve is right in kind of um, in what he said about Q-Tip. I think I think Q-Tip is like the unsung kind of hero of hip hop. Really, I think like. You have to be sort of quite deep into it to, to kind of to appreciate him. I think um, I didn't kind of didn't really sort of find out until much later that it, he basically does all the production for for the tribe stuff. Apart from kind of later on, like when JD gets involved, but he produced like these three first albums. Um, he's also produced, you know, like um, One Love and. Um, like the Crooklyn Dodgers track and just, you know, loads, loads of other kind of ones. Mob D. Just like, yeah, he's also just an incredible rapper as well. Like, he's got one of the all-time great voices and flows. And he's just so, like, charismatic to listen to. He's, yeah, he's he, he is absolutely incredible. Um, and this album is, is really good. Um, I think it probably, it's a bit front-loaded which I think kind of Steve alluded to it kind of I think up to like can I kick it um I'm not a huge fan of I think from there onwards it's a bit it's a bit kind of fillery apart from description of the fool which is like one of the best tracks on the albums yeah I love that one great sample um doesn't come to me at the moment who it is, Danny. I'm well, sure I think it's know. I think it's it's Roy. I always thought it was Roy Ayers, but oh, I, yeah, I saw I saw yeah, I saw yeah. the other day that it's, I think it's a different version of Running Away. 
I think oh, it's really? somebody else. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I might need to get back to you on that one. But yeah, I think okay. it's. I think I, it's. I, it doesn't sound like it, but, but no, fair, yeah. fair enough. No, I know. Yeah. But, um, it starts out really like I love like Luck of Lucian's great. After Hours is great. Footprints. Um, with, I think it's got like, the Rock Creek Park sample. I think in there, which you can't sort of really go wrong with. Um, yeah. Um, Beneath Raffle Burn, like you really can't go wrong with that ramp. Uh, loop that's that's an absolute classic like the track rhythm is quite interesting it's got those kind of weird like sort of almost like ravey like chords in it but that's quite a sort of distinctive track um uh, yeah i love i love tribe um i think this album is is really good um moving on to sort of fear of a black planet but like yeah i i just com- the complete opposite of steve i absolutely love it it's one of the kind of earliest hip-hop albums I remember being familiar with. I think, and you know, I remember you sort of you buying it, Danny. I think it might have been WH Smith, maybe. Am I, am I, am I right? Yeah, I I'll, saying, I'll break it down in a minute. Yeah, but um, I remember you having it. I, I, I just, I always loved about Bob McKinley, how it, like, the, like, the cassettes had all the lyrics in it. And it'd have like shouts out to like all of the other Everyone. rap groups, like the extra straight posse and like <laughs> stuff like that. And um, they're quite similar to NWA, really, in that they've both got like a really kind of sonically like quite abrasive sound, really kind of angry sounds, like militant in different ways. And I think kind of where NWA sort of opened you up to that kind of like street life, basically, that you people like us would have just had no concept of. I think like Public Enemy like really kind of opened the door into just like all the civil rights stuff. Like, I don't think I knew about any of that. I mean, I, I kind of credit Public Enemy with all of the, everything, like the little I do know about like the civil rights movement. I know it all, all of the names I kind of know from Public Enemy, like, you know, the yeah. Huey Newton and like the Panthers and all of that kind of stuff. So it kind of felt like you were, it was introduced into sort of something like new and important. Um, and I think they're probably just, I, I think a lot of people fall into that, probably fall into that same category of, of kind of being introduced to that whole world through Public Enemy. And if Public Enemy didn't exist, I think, um, I just don't think that in the UK, at least, we'd know about all that stuff, really. I think they're a really, like, genuinely important group in kind of getting people to think about that kind of thing. Um, important, the sort of more importantly than that, they really, I suppose, like, musically, is it was, it was kind of like nothing I'd heard before. And I, I'm kind of talking about them generally rather than myself, because I think I did hear Nation of Millions before this one. Um, but this, I think, is the kind of like the peak of the Bomb Squad sound. I think it's just it's just a bit better than like Nation of Millions. Um, everything from sort of Contract on the World Love Jam right through to like Burn Hollywood Burn is just like an incredible run of tracks. Brother's going to work it out. Absolutely incredible. Welcome to the Terror Dome, incredible. I, I, I love sort of like instant, uh, um, whatever it is, kind of like with the, I think it's like the Howard Stern. Yeah, 66. Kind of show cut out, it's yeah. really iconic. Probably want a cracker. Probably want a cracker is really, really kind of weird because I think, um, I didn't realise until about a year ago that it's Chuck D rapping on yeah, it. I, well, I, yeah, I knew that a long time ago, but I, it doesn't sound like him. Uh, I it think just didn't I, really occur to me. I, yeah. Maybe I sort of knew, it didn't really, it's just like it sounded different, but um 
Burn Hollywood Burn, I love. It's like three classic verses, like Big Daddy Kane's verses is, is especially good on yeah. that. And again, it's about subject matter that just wouldn't have ever occurred to me as being like an issue, like unless kind of I heard it in, in this song. Um, and I think like Public Enemy like and um, Spike Lee just completely revolutionised like how people think about stuff like this and was so influential on kind of on cinema later. Um, yeah, it, it trails off a bit in the second half, the album. Actually, I think sort of from Power to the People onwards, it, there's a lot of filler in there. Yeah. Like the title track, I really like, actually. I, I really love the way like their voices sound on that track. Like It sounds like really metallic. Yeah, yeah, like, it's weird, ring, isn't it? Yeah. Through like, through like a ring modulator or something that, like that. This sounds sort of alien. Yeah, yeah. I, re I really, really love that. Um, Rort 33 and a third, I really love. That's kind of like really energetic kind of track. And then Fight the Power, obviously, right at the end. Great ending. Another classic. Um, there are some kind, there are some weaker ones, like uh, Leave the Soft Your Fucking Charts and B-Side Wins Again. Reggie Final Jacks. Count as dull as Dishwater. Um, Revolutionary, Reggie, Reggie Jacks, yeah, definitely yeah. is kind of, yeah. But the first half of it is just absolutely incredible and just the kind of thing that just, what was there kind of that sounded like this before, like before this and um, like Nation is just like revolutionary sounding and just, um, I was kind of hooked as soon as I heard this kind of stuff, really. Compare it to some of the albums from this year, it's just so... Like the complexity is incredible. Yeah. Like so many samples being layered up, not many people doing it. Like they, like you know, principal would be like the other, and and Dr. Dre like to an extent as well. But I don't think he was as good as like Bomb Squad were for this kind of thing. It's just, um, yeah, for the reason Steve doesn't like it. I absolutely love the sound. Basically, just the, like the controlled chaos of it. It's just um, all of the other albums. I, I think I could produce lesser versions of them i wouldn't even i wouldn't kind of really know where to start like producing any of the tracks on on this album yeah i'm kind of i kind of echo a lot of that you know i'm i'm, I'm on the same page as you with this album really um well let's let's get back right back to the beginning like cast your mind back to 1990 a young lad wandering into wh smith and i bought this on cassette and it was the very first hip-hop album i ever bought um and I'd only, like, I hadn't heard anything like it. It's just absolutely incredible. It kind of, one of those albums that just kind of, like, hits you over the head. I think it's such a dense production. Like, all the way through it is a density of it. It's just, there's so much going on, and they pack so much into it. And it's like, yeah, as you say, like, if Aliens landed and they said to you, like, in a really weird situation, like, all right, tell us what the Bomb Squad sound like. Mm. Okay, if you can imagine such a thing. That's the first thing they ask. You give them this album, you go, right, well, that's what they sound like. You know, go back to your home planet and tell them all about it. Um, it's yeah. I mean, the, it, this is the Bomb Squad, uh, sort of encapsulated in an album. Um, I just yeah, I used to listen to this relentlessly. Um, after Contract on the World Love Jam stops, Brothers, Brothers, I'm gonna work it out is just like an absolute punch. It just comes in. I love that, love that track. And you say the the whole first half of this album is so strong. It's just they just layer the samples in. You got Chuck D like dropping knowledge, you know, with his usual anger and sort of 
Nobody else does it quite like him. He's got one of those most I've, recognizable... I've never understood a word he says, though. Really. No, not in terms of his the concepts he's trying to relay. Like a lot of it is very highbrow, and you don't quite know. But I guess that's what makes that makes him so good. Um, mm. But he delivers it with such sort of gusto and authority that you you can't help but be sucked in. Uh, and then yeah, you go into nine one one as a joke, uh, which they used to again they used to play the video a lot, and I loved the video for that. But I, I always wondered what what would happen in real life if Flavor Flav had to had some sort of medical emergency, <laughs> and uh, you know had to rely on the emergency services to get to hospital. Would they turn up and go, you know, that Flav, yeah. you know, fair's fair. Um, I don't know. Anyway, so nine one one is a joke. Welcome to the Terror Dome is the single. I think I had this on 12 inch as well. I loved it so much. I mean, yeah, I mean, Welcome to the Terror Dome is an absolute classic. I would, it would be another one that would be up there on the list of best singles of this year. I just think yeah. it's, I think it's an absolute banger. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's loads of sort of weird tracks on this album as well. Like, and also what I would say, like, I, I, I think I got into this first and then Nation of Millions. And for me, Nation of Millions has got more goosebump tracks on it. Like ones that absolutely go make me go wow but for, for for the sort of emotional connection and the what it means to me this album it, this this is always this is my public enemy album this is the one that means the most to me um yeah. so yeah burn hollywood burn great verses big daddy kane there's ice cube on there as well um and yep. the second half does tail off there's, there's a few sort of yeah like you say reggie jackson on, on the second half it, it does tail off and there's a lot going on and, and they're not as memorable but they bring it back with with fight the power right at the end. I don't know. I think I think this is a really really strong album to me, anyway. But when you couple it with the personal attachment I have to it and the history, and this was my introduction to Public Enemy, I just this this I love this album so much, and I love the cover artwork as well, which I just adore. Um, going on to a trial called Quest. Um, so again, as you know, as, as we say, we got into hip-hop kind of around in, in 1990 so this is one I, I was aware of can I kick it I knew some of the tracks but for me I'm a low-end theory guy and I got into Tribe Called Quest through low-end theory like a year later um, this one I never really connected with even though on paper it's more my sort of album like the jazzy samples you know the more sort of playful tone jazziness soulful um, I love Q-Tip as a rapper. Um, I do think on paper, like if I didn't have a personal connection with Public Enemy, this would be more up my street. And don't get me wrong, there's some absolute classic tracks on here, you know, and some of the samples they use. I love Luck of, Lu Luck of Lucian, you know, but Benita Applebaum, that ramp sample is timeless. Um, love uh, Description for Fool with, the, with that sample, the Running Away sample. So there's so much good stuff on this album. Um, but I just, I just didn't know it as well and so I kind of I always sort of first and foremost loved Low End Theory and, and, re and revisited this one afterwards so doesn't hold up as well as me when placed against Public Enemy but but that's just me um, I don't I don't even own this album on CD which tells you most of what you need to know about this album really I never bothered to buy it I only ever had it on tape um, so yeah, I mean, don't, but it's an amazing album. So don't get me wrong; it, it, it's great, and I know it, another one that got five mics in the source. Highly regarded, introduced you to their sound. I just never connected with it uh, as much as I did Low End. So, in terms of voting, this is going to be quite difficult. But I'm going to come back to you, Steve, to get your winner. So what are you going for? 
Well, you know, I feel like the I feel like the, the black sheep here, aren't I? I'm like the I'm the I, I kind of always vote against you two, and I feel like uh, you know maybe I'm in the wrong, but I. I I think you, you obviously have a personal connection both of you to feel for Black Planet and I, and I I just struggle to get into it and it, I don't know. Do you feel like we're ganging up on you I a little bit? Like, I, I don't know. I feel like you've you've got such a strong attachment to those albums because you, you were into it at the time and I wasn't. And actually, I I think like when you were talking, Larry, I, I, I kind of like normally think of myself as someone who likes those more like sonically manic like harder to listen to albums because they kind of grow on you and you really appreciate them and it doesn't matter what I do I just can't seem to like this album yeah uh, and Paths I, I think it is a must whichever way you look at it, it it's a masterpiece and so for me it's a, it's an easy winner and a clear winner it's Travels and Paths fair play okay uh Larry, what's your what gets your vote? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely Shiver Black Planet for me, no question about it. Um, I'm kind of it's a shame that these two came up against each other. Really, I really would have expected like tried to go into the final to be like certainly into the yeah. second round. Um, so yeah, I don't think I w- it would have ever won the whole thing for me, but. Um, it would have been interesting seeing it come up against America's Most Wanted. I think I would have mm. been a bit more. It would have been a bit more of a difficult decision. Um, but yeah, definitely Fear of a Black Planet for me. Piggybacking off the, off that, I'm I'm going to go for my my vote is Public Enemy Fear of a Black Planet as well. I'm afraid, Steve. I mean, it's for me emotional attachment, but I think generally it's it's just the more kind of engaging, vital album. Uh, and I uh, yeah, Public Enemy gets my vote. And that completes our semi-final lineup. We have um, Brand Nubians, One for All, Ice Cube's America's Most Wanted, Hello Cool J's Mama Said Knock You Out, and Fear of a Black Planet by Public Enemy. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this for um, the semi-finals. Hi, welcome back to the uh, multi-million pound Hip Hop World Cup studio, uh, embedded deep in FIFA headquarters in Zurich, probably. Uh, uh, Steve Hitchcock is our stats man. He's currently wandering around a green screen studio, holding some sort of tablet, just um, working out the uh, the draw for the semi-finals of the Hip Hop World Cup for 1990. Steve, how's it going over there in the studio? Yeah. Yeah, really good. I've actually got Funkmaster Flex here to help me to do this semi-final draw. He's just uh, joined us on Zoom. But contractually, he can't speak, is that right? He can only use his hand to pick out a piece of paper, yeah. It, <laughs> it was so expensive to get him to speak and to rap. And to... All right. Hi, uh, how are you doing, uh, Funkmaster? Can I call you Funkmaster or is it... F- just nod if it's... Okay. All right, yeah, so Funkmaster, all right. So, okay, we're we ready to do it then. Um... So let's go. Semi-final number one. Who's first out the hat? Who's the home tie? The home tie goes to LL Cool J and his mama. LL Cool J's mama said knock you out. Versus. Oh, 
Ice Cube, America's oh. Most Wanted. Ice Cube. Oh, what a, good tie. a tie. Okay, that's a big one. That's a heavyweight one. Okay, Larry, let's go. Let's. What have you got? What are you, what are you going for on this one? Putting these yeah, two I mean, side by for side. Me, for me, I, I, I can see how this would be kind of a, a big matchup for some people and how people kind of might regard LL as, you know, important as Ice Cube. Um, for me, I think it's kind of quite clear who I'm going to go for. Um, Ice Cube is, you know, he's my favourite rapper of the two. And I have a lot more affection for this album. I'm more familiar with it. It's, it's got to be uh, Americans for me. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Larry. So that's um, well. Let's let's hold the, let's hold off on the vote. But that's uh, that's Larry's opinions. For me, uh, LL. Oh, I've got such affinity for both of these. They're both albums that I absolutely rinsed back in the day on cassette. Of course. Um, it's really, really tricky. I mean, you haven't on, on Ice Cube. You haven't really got those standout singles, have you? I mean, you know, there's not really, there wasn't really much off this album that kind of made an impact in the same way as Mama Said Knock You Out. Um, but you know, I just think, oh, in terms of the impact it had on me, in terms of the replayability, and this is really hard for me, lads. I I, this is this is quite difficult actually. But I think when you weigh it up. I th I, yeah, I think I think um, Ice Cube is the stronger of the two albums. I think I think overall, in terms of a cohesive piece of work, I think in terms of the message, uh, I think in terms of the impact, I do I do think that Ice Cube is a stronger album. So yeah, yeah, I think that that's kind of where I stand on this, Steve. I'm going to be in disagreement again. I'm really sorry. It's, this is I, I, the Ice Cube album. I'm going to say again. I think it, half of it is good. Half of it isn't. It doesn't really go well as a long player for me. You know, I like I like those. I like there to be more good tracks on there. I don't love the LL Cool J album, but it's definitely got more good tracks and a, and a classic track on there. Only a little bit of filler, and I much prefer listening to it as a whole album. So, really close though. Two two really good rappers, two well produced albums, two classic 1990 albums. So yeah, that's what I think. So let's make it official. So Larry, who are you going for in this semi-final? Uh, Cube. Cube. Steve? LL for me. All right, well, it looks like I'm the casting vote. And I think on balance, I think in terms of impact, I'm going to have to go for Cube. So Cube's America's Most Wanted is the winner of that first semi-final. Steve, how do you feel about that? Uh, predictable, I think, just because I knew you two would, uh, would, would go for that. And um, yeah, I'm not disappointed because... You know that LL album's not my favourite, so no. But don't uh, get me don't get me wrong. You know, I I, I love LL's album. I love the LL album to bits, and it kills me to have to not put it through. I think you're going to need to vote with your head more than your heart, Danny. And I and I would be, I would be happier. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Okay. Well, that's your that's your first finalist. That's um, Ice Cube's America's Most Wanted. Is is uh, goes through to the final. Come on, y'all, get locked down. Right, so let's move on to semi-final uh, number two, which, if I'm not mistaken, is Brand Nubian's uh, One For All versus Public Enemy's Fear of a Black Planet. Uh, quite an odd, odd pairing. Uh, feels to me like one of those sort of semi-finals at a World Cup that Wales is involved in, and they've come up against Spain or something. Uh, but 
Uh, let's let's go for it anyway. Uh, first to talk about this one is me, and uh, I mean that's an absolute. I mean, if you had to do the dictionary definition of a no-brainer, I mean this this would be it. I mean, Public Enemy uh, got such an emotional tie to this album. First hip hop album I ever bought. It's such a dense, you know, complicated, uh, technically impressive album. Um, with a lot to say, lots of memorable bits, some absolute huge singles and songs. Whereas uh, Brand Nubian, not one I ever messed with at the time. Don't really know it that well. Love love the singles, love uh, Slow Down, but I mean, this is a David and Goliath for me. Uh, in which Goliath wins. Um, so I'm, yeah, I think, I think when pushed, I would have to say Fear of a Black Planet is my winner, but um, I'll reserve official judgment until we've all given our opinions. But uh, Steve, what are, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Well, you know I'm not deliberately going to be controversial here, but I'm I'm definitely going for one for all here because it's, for me, I, I need something that's, that's more soulful, that's funkier, that's kind of more enjoyable to listen to and... Fear of the Black Planet just doesn't doesn't do it for me. I, I think if I had listened to it in, in 1990 and, and had spent longer listening to it, I'd probably be more into it, but I'm just not. So I'm going for the underdog, I'm afraid. One for all does it for me. Yeah, okay. And uh, James, what are you going for? What's your What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think um, there are four, four members of Brand Nubian, I believe. You've got Sadat X, Grand Hoover, Lord Jamar, and the other one. And I think the other one is probably the only other person that would come to the same conclusion that, that Steve Hitchcock has just come to. Um, I think I think even then he'd be he'd be lying to himself if he if he actually thought that One for All was the stronger album than the, the universally acknowledged you know Stone Cold classic of a Black Planet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I feel I do feel terrible. I don't, I don't know anyone else that agrees with me, but I, I, I have to go with I have to go with my head and my heart. And, you have to go with your heart. That's uh, absolutely. Yeah, it's only an opinion. Yeah, you know. and, and sometimes Wales do get to the World Cup finals, don't they? Do they? Yeah, yeah they sometimes, don't. in their dreams. Yeah, sometimes. I would, I would just kind of characterise it as you know, like just like in life, there are people who you know, there are people who have racist views and transphobic views. Are they wrong? Like you know. Who knows? It's it's not an opinion I agree with, but it's their opinion. Um, and Steve is someone who kind of shares similar opinions about you know rap albums. Yeah, he, he can't help it. It's just no. It's just yeah. it's just the way he's been. It's the way it's the environment he's been raised in. And yeah, genetics. Pr- product product of his, of his environment. Well, should we make it official then, gents? So, what are you going for, Steve? Have we, done, have, we, have we done that? Brand Nubian. Larry, you're going for... Public, public Enemy. Public Enemy. I'm, of course, going for Public Enemy. It's an absolute no-brainer. So, yeah, that's that's your other finalist. So, Fear of a Black Planet is the winner of this one. Uh, so, the final is going to be Fear of a Black Planet by Public Enemy versus Ice Cube, America Most Wanted. Incredible.
Hello, uh, you join us here, pitch side at the uh, Hip Hop World Cup final, live from the Maracanã in uh, Brazil. Uh, 120,000 people in the stadium for this uh, showdown between uh, Ice Cube's America's Most Wanted and Public Enemy's Fear of a Black Planet. Are you uh, hyped for this one, guys? Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the ex- I mean, you can feel the excitement. It's it's palpable. Um, uh, Steve's got his tablet. He's uh, punching in some data about the. Um, at the previous rounds, just to give us some stats. Uh, Larry's just, you're just uh, firing up the true score machine. I can see you pouring some sort of substance into that. Just tell us a little bit about that. Um, that's, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a liquid. A liquid? It's a, a viscous liquid, yeah, very, yeah, a mix of several, a blend of several different oils. <laughs> and just to make sure it's accurate. Um, yeah, oils and vitamin tablets. Brilliant, I'd love to hear that, okay. So, we're going to get started. Public Enemy versus Ice Cube, two Bomb Squad productions. Uh, let's start with you, James. Who, what are your thoughts on this uh, on the final? Yeah, well, well I think um, it's it's inevitable, really. That the, I think this is the, the fairest, um, you know, final that we could have hoped for. Um, but it does make it quite a, a tricky one, that on paper at least. I think. Um, if we had thrown this out to a, to a public vote, I think it would really come down to the wire. I wouldn't really like to kind of say who I think would be would come out on top. Um, but for me, I just, um, I, I absolutely love Fear of a Black Planet for the reasons I've outlined already. I do wonder if, if I'd been more familiar with America's Most Wanted at the time, maybe it would be a bit of a closer run thing to me, but um, whereas with America's Most Wanted, I would, um, I'd skip through the album now. I'd, 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 I'd still quite happy to listen to it now, but I wouldn't listen to it end to end. Fit of Black Planet, I, w- I would just be more excited about listening to now and know that there are m- many more tracks on there that I, that I really love. Okay, yeah, so Steve, what are your thoughts on the final? This is a massive match. I, I can't call it, but... Well, it definitely isn't the final that I wanted to see. <laughs> um, yeah, my two favourite albums aren't even in the competition, and I'd love to have seen uh, Tribe Called Quest get to the final, just just so they could have been in the final. And I think deep down, I, I always knew that it was going to be one of these Bomb Squad produced albums that was going to kind of win it. Um, but for me, personally, I prefer the Ice Cube album. I, I think... Um, I think it's just got a, a better kind of sound to it. It's um, I, re- I only like the first half. Um, I don't think it's a good good long player, but there's some really kind of innovative tracks, and, and I I think Ice Cube is a is a superior rapper to Chuck D as well. So um, yeah, I think uh, not the final I wanted, and I wasn't going to get the final I wanted, but I'm, I'm going to go for Ice Cube, which will make it. An interesting choice for you, Daniel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, I got the casting vote now. Brilliant. Um, yeah, look, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. This is an absolutely impossible decision for me. These are two albums that kind of emerged right at the start of my sort of hip hop love, and um, you know, both of which I, I just loved loved back in the day. That they're, they're sort of like the building blocks of my love for this sort of music. Um, two albums that are at you know. I had at the same time listened to as much as each other. Um, it's difficult. I think I think Public Enemy 
I've, I've got a, like a history with it that kind of makes it really hard for me to say anything bad about it. But I, I don't know, there's part of me that, that when I listen to the Ice Cube album, it, I find it a little bit more exciting to listen to. Like the Public Enemy album, it's got great great stuff, but it does it does kind of, the second half is a, a bit harder to get through. I think if I'm if I'm a bit stepping back and judging these side by side, I think Ice Cube is, is the more exciting album all the way through. Um, like I love It's a Man's World right at the end of... Uh, of America's Most and like Who's the Mac is right towards the end I can listen to it knowing that those tracks are coming whereas it, when I listen to Fear of a Black Planet you you, you know you get after power to the people you cut into the second half and you've kind of got to wade through Who Stole the Soul and Revolutionary Generation and Reggie Jacks and B-Side Wins Again I just think there's I just think pound for pound I think Ice Cube is probably the more exciting album and it's and it's got more goosebump moments on it for me I think so I'm really, I'm really kind of torn on this one. These are two like seminal albums for me from the year when I first started getting into it. So I th- go with your head. Go with I know your I'm going to go with my head. I just, I, well, yeah, but that's, if I go with my head, they're both head and heart albums. So I, I just don't know. I just don't know which way to go. This is this is when you need a scientific um, means of uh, assessing albums yeah. like True Scores. Why it's yeah. so valuable. Right. <laughs> why, why, why I think I will end up signing that deal on Monday. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm thinking of probably coming up with my own rival system to try and... Well, so, that's, well yeah, well, yeah co- copyright. Talk about, talk, about, talk about that separately. I don't... I'm not sure if you come up with a... Yeah. With uh, a better tech than what I've got, really. And that, that would be stupid to have two separate systems on the same podcast, wouldn't it? Yeah, you're, you're right, but... Um, I think they could work side by side. It's what they it's what they call in the corporate world, um, like cannibalizing your own yeah. sort of ideas. I don't know. I don't know. I might have to do I don't know. Listen, I'm just gonna go for it. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm just gonna plunge straight in. The album I'm voting for is Ice Cube, America's most what? wanted. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. I just I love I love Fear of a Black Planet so much, but I I just something about America's Most Wanted that speaks to me excites me and I'm sort of driven a bit more by how it makes me feel I think these days uh, there was a time I probably would have gone for Fear of a Black but I think yeah I think I'm going to vote for Ice Cube I think I'm going to go for that so as much as mm. a shock a shock that is for you James yeah I just... no I, I kind of I, I, I do get it yeah I, I understand um, like I said I, I think if you put it to a public vote I think it would be a really really close run thing yeah, yeah, I do think it's. I mean, again, like you say, this is a, this is the final. I think it's pretty much a fitting final. Some argue, yeah. maybe try yeah. try being in there would been would have been fitting, but I do think it's a fitting final. I do think it's a two. This, 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 this is a seven goal thriller, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that went to extra time. Um, but I, I think I think overall, I'm I'm very happy to to have Ice Cube, America's Most Wanted, as our overall winner. So, so yeah, that's it. That's 1990. Thoughts on on that outcome. Steve? Well, yeah, I mean, it's been a good tournament. I've, been, I've enjoyed the tournament. There's no question about that. You know, it's been it's been good World Cup uh, hip-hop. Um, yeah, obviously very disappointed. Didn't get to see the albums that I personally liked a bit more, but I wouldn't say happy that Ice Cube won, but I'm happier it won than Public Enemy. Or Edutainment, so that's good. Can you imagine if Edutainment had won? Unbelievable. And well, fin- 
Yeah. Just, just imagine if KRS had a decent producer. It'd be a different world we'd live in. Exactly. Well, he should have thought of that, shouldn't he? And how about you, Larry? How, what are your final thoughts on on the winner here? Yeah, I, I think I think it came down to the um, to the correct two teams. I think um, it just it would have been nice. I think if um, the Tribe album just lived up to its kind of early promise, if it just had a few more kind of classic tracks on there, I, then I would have found it really difficult to choose between that and either of the other two albums because obviously like the two Bomb Squad albums are fairly similar sounding cut from the same kind of cloth whereas Instinctive Travels is completely different but no kind of like no less good like, like I really love the sound on it it just doesn't quite just doesn't quite have enough songs for it to to um to have won so I don't know. I can't. I'm not, not going to say that I think the right album definitely won, but I, I, you know, I'm not going to argue against it too much, really. Even though it's a bit of a personal upset. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, that's hip. That's the World Cup for you. That's hip hop World Cup. That's why we love it. Uh, so there you have it. Ice Cube Burgers Most Wanted. Your winner for 1990. Uh, what do you think about that? Uh, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Hip Hop World Cup, and uh, we'll see you again soon for another instalment. See you later. There's only one left A killer contest But before we get to it There's rules to this game So let me tell you how we do it Eight classic albums One classic year Draw them out the hat And chew the fat right here We rate them We slate them Discuss them and debate them Analyze the beats And quote the lyrics verbatim When all is said and done We put it to the vote And tell you which of them is one Then it's to the semis And the final for The final cassette or CD So who will it be? We going all in, so on the sound of the whistle, let the games begin. Mama said, "Not me out."